everybody what a great intro song that was mm, so smooth so so smooth thank you gustavo gustavo's kind of like the the built-in sponsor but i'm super excited for you guys this week because we have our first official sponsor and it's probably from me saying they've been the sponsor since this podcast started they finally sent me stuff so it's uh, Shane Art. Look at that, 605. Uh, I don't know Roman, but apparently this is 605 in Roman. Or what's the numbers with the, the sticks? Anyways, <laughs> I'm not an artist, but today our guest, somebody who is Angelica. How do you say your middle first? The other parts of your name, Angelica? <laughs> Angelica Mercado. Angelica Mercado. All right. So uh, any relation to my favorite, probably maybe the only bodega in Sioux Falls, Mercado over on West? No relation. It actually means market. So oh, really? <laughs> probably why you're going to see a lot of Mercados. <laughs> so is that kind of like the, the Indian uh, from India, South Asian Indian, uh, similar to the last name Patel? Because I learned... Uh, working in hotel customer service, Patel means shopkeeper or business owner. Really? No so relation, but I actually worked for Patel's. I owned a hotel at one point in, in time. <laughs> nice. So Mercado just means market. Yeah. So is that what your last name means? Too? Yep, I guess so. <laughs> so it doesn't mean like market owner? Or nah, market. supermarket. Like, like Patel's kind of like a class thing, kind of like I am a Patel, uh-huh. my class, kind of like Sam police officer. Like if I was a police <laughs> officer... And we're in a weird country. Not saying India is weird, just a different country where our last names were like what our families were known for. I'd probably be uh, Sam, minimum wage employee. <laughs> what would yours be? I'd be Angelica Supermarket. So. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, are you from the area? What uh, would you say? And what does that mean to you, area? Like, don't get me started. The world keeps getting smaller, right? So I actually, I, I was born in Mexico. And then my family moved to California and then from there to Nebraska. So I'm from Nebraska, I would say. I've been in Sioux Falls for about almost three years. Three years? So you're kind of fresh, Yes, right? fresh. What brought you here? Work. No, Being an artist, you know, is it's hard. Wait, you're an artist <laughs> and you get work? Yes, I get to work <laughs> as an artist. And, and it, it brought you to Sioux Falls? <laughs> I mean, this is so out of my realm because... You know, we were talking about before this. I'm trying to break into that art world, too, myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone keeps telling me, Sam, you need talent. <laughs> Sam, you need talent. <laughs> Sam, you need talent. Uh, I'm trying to prove I'm wrong. So what, what, is, what would you say to someone like me who's trying to become an artist? Like, what is the best word of advice you could give someone like me? Well, 
people are going to tell you that it's, you can't make a living being an artist. You know, I started with political science, actually, when I went to school and it wasn't for me. <laughs> it was boring. <laughs> so I decided to pursue the arts. And of course, you get people saying, well, that's not really going to make a living for you, you know, kind of deal. But I think you just have to trust yourself. And I'm, I'm all about the universe and trusting the process and it can't let you down kind of deal. So, you know, just trust yourself. Um, there, there will be a lot of self-doubt. But I you think know, no one knows more than you what you need and what you want. You know, that resonates. We, uh, Vince and I, we came up with uh, the name for this studio. It's called Kaizen, which is the Japanese philosophy of... It's a bunch of things, but uh, direct translation is like change and good are the two characters. And then it's also like a process of a continual improvement. And also one of the tenets is trusting in the process. See, there you the go. Process is the key. So. This was meant to be, be, I needed to tell you that you can be an artist. So, yeah, no, that, so it's so funny that in our art endeavor, we named the studio something process-based, you know, like focusing on the process. Sure, sure. Because like for me, I was just like, I may have no talent, <laughs> but if I trust the process and it's like, I take the Kung Fu movie approach, you know, where it's like you do the same thing 10,000 times, you're going to get good at it. <laughs> Talent or not. Right. Yeah. I mean, that that's worth something. Uh, to me, that's what trusting the process is. Is, is that how you would say trust the process? I would, I would say so. You know, there are a lot of, like I said, moments of self-doubt. You know, one day you feel like an artist and the next you're like, what am I doing? This is not, I can't do anything, right? But I think at the end you get to realizing that you're doing it for a reason. And that reason is what kind of keeps me going, you know, that drive. And that's how I trust the process that I know that in the end, the actions that I take to where I want to be are no mistake. Okay. I love that. That's like, uh, that, that's like for me, ever since I decided to be an artist, like the biggest hurdle is like that self-confidence. It's always a weird self-confidence thing. And I always, I always see it as a gift and a curse, like, because my extreme self-confidence comes from the fact that, like, I have such high standards that I place on myself. <laughs> so then it's like, nothing's good enough. <laughs> I feel like, you. you know, <laughs> I'm the same it, way. But it's just, like, it's so weird, though, because, like, when I, when I meet other people who are part of, like, the creative community and, like, part of what they do involves, like, uh, you know, creating or, or making content, I'm so not harsh on people. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, when it comes to other people, I'm like, I'm always trying to see the merit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always like, all right, so this could be, like, inside monologue Sam, like, keeping it real, like, DMX Sam. <laughs> it's like, hey, yo, dog, that's trash. <laughs> but, like. Hey, you got to remember, though, Andy Warhol did say art is anything you can get away with, so. Yeah. <laughs> I was, I was, I was, I've been having these talks with Vince about art because um, we don't really. We're trying to figure out how to be artists, you know, like I'm trying to navigate that. That's my new thing. I'm trying to be an artist because I feel like before I was operating as such a machine level where it was all about perfection and it was about like, all right, this has been this way every time. You like order. Yeah, <laughs> same yeah, with order. me. I'm the exact same way, but I'm the, I'm the oldest of six children. I'm the youngest. How really? <laughs> so I don't know how to justify it for you, but for me, you know, um, I'm a first generation student and my family, you know, moved from Mexico to America and it, the pressure's on, you know, you can't mess yeah. up and you have Dude, that's someone looking at you. Cause like, 
I come from an Asian family where it's like, if you're not a doctor, a lawyer, or whatever, sure. it's like, yo, you kicked out of the house at six. Like, by six, if you haven't decided you're being a surgeon, you're kicked out. Of yeah, so how did that work out then? How, how? Yo, dude, I'm the black sheep. Like, <laughs> I'm such a black sheep in my family. Like, both both my brothers, blood brothers, are engineers. Like, master grade engineers. Like, they have masters. Maybe one of them has a doctor's. I don't know. <laughs> and I went to school for political science. You know, and then now I'm doing art, I guess. Like, I'm, I'm trying to get into art. I don't, I don't know if I want to say I'm doing art yet because, <laughs> like, it's not, like, feeding me yet. But Does it need to? I mean, the best artists didn't make it until they were dead. So, I mean, if that's an hey, inspiration. If, if, that is, <laughs> if that is, like, if that is, like, the trajectory and, like, that's the gauge for great artists, like, <laughs> if my diabetes kills me, like, in the next five years and then I blow up. I might be happy with you that. You did it. You did something like, right. <laughs> this whole time, we've been having fun. This is the weird. Is all right. Here's my real question with you, for you: is I don't get this because we've been doing <laughs> art and we've been doing this stuff. Is it supposed to be this fun? Am I supposed to be <laughs> like? It doesn't seem hard, and it may, like it just seems fun, and I'm just so confused. Well, I'm gonna ask you: Have you struggled with it yet? Struggled. Ah. Uh, it's weird because it started as a struggle. You know, like I got into like this whole uh, self-expression thing, the podcasting thing, because uh, I went blind. I hit a low point in my life and I was starting to go crazy because I couldn't make stuff with my hands. Like, because before this, all I did was photos and video. Mm -hmm. And then I just switched to something where I couldn't use my eyes because I was blind. So I felt like it was start. It was birthed out of there struggle. There you go. Then you are. You're an artist. So, this okay. is art. Okay. <laughs> Not that all artists We're have to struggle. We're learning so much of it. <laughs> no, I, I had a similar experience in school too, though. I mean, I hit the lowest I'd ever been. And I mean, my my professor told me that you can't really use art as therapy. That you, you know, if you need therapy, if you need medication, you should still take it. Okay, that's true. But I do like to say that art didn't always save me. And I know we're getting deep, but <laughs> uh, it was my outlet, too, in a way. Like, just like you said, you needed yeah. something else. So how do you differentiate an outlet and therapy? Because for me, that line is so blurred. Whereas, like, when I'm releasing, that's when I feel like I'm healing at the same time. So. Yeah, I think, you know, you have to point inward and ask yourself what you need. Right. And for me, they said, you know, you need to take medication, just anxiety, depression, things that I was dealing with at school and they put me on medication, but I wasn't myself with them. And um, eventually I decided that it wasn't what I wanted to do. Right. And I, I was trying to find a different medium to where I could still function and be happy without medication. Eventually about six months after I, I dropped the medic medication with, you know, they, they approved it. Yeah. Um, and then I started just creating art writing, you know, and um, I haven't been on medication since. I mean, it's been a while. I graduated in 2016, but, uh, it helped me just really being able to express myself because in the doing so I was able to find myself and the things that I, you know, whether that had traumas or mental blocks, things like that had to come out for me to be okay. And it wouldn't have been possible without art. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. It was, I feel like, uh, so I'm, I'm lying. I was in a rap group in college. <laughs> To me, that was art because <laughs> I was using metaphors and shit, right? That's art, <laughs> okay, guys. Um, but um, it was weird. The f When I got into, like, making art, that's when I realized that 
damn, I might be kind of a fucked up person. <laughs> like, I might have some trauma I need to figure out. Because I'm sitting there like, I remember the, the the first days of like the creative process. You know, like, I remember the first photos I would take, the first songs I would write, or like, first beats I would make. I'm like, yo, why are all these depressing shit? Like, what is going on with me? Like, and then uh, it was weird because like, art became this process of unpacking almost. Mm-hmm. And... It got like weird because like I like dove way into it. So when I decided to like quit my day job and become like a commercial photographer, I tried to like cut away from that. Yeah. From, from the art stuff. Cause I was like, yo, this stuff is way too de- dependent on how depressed I feel. Right. Well, you're not alone. Um, when I was in school and my professors could see that I was struggling, uh, they eventually found out that I was gonna have to, I took a break from school to f- focus on mental health. And that was a medication. And my professor straight up said to me, I'm worried about your art after this because you produce art when you're feeling things. Yeah. Without when when you're on medication, you're not going to feel. And I said, is that good or bad that you're telling me this? (laughs) But I find that when I can create the most, you can create, like you said, at any time. Right. But I think that the most honest is when you're feeling things and you're letting yourself, you know, giving yourself that space in time to actually feel. And I think that's when you produce the most authentic work. And I'm speaking for myself. But I think, you know, I create art that people want to see. And then I create art that needs to come out. And I think that I always, 95% of the time, prefer that, the authentic part of me. Yeah. Versus like commercial, you know. Yeah, that's that's the hardest thing for me is like, I fell in love with the process through like, trying to just like express myself like through art but when I started doing commercial stuff and like that was the money maker and that was like how I fed myself I wasn't it was weird because like I don't know it's so hard to like you stop producing your your authenticity like you don't I I I felt like I stopped growing sure and like right now I'm trying to navigate it's like how can I grow without feeling pain like I don't want my growth to be dependent on that. So yeah. like I'm trying to I'm trying to merge those two worlds sure. and, and like introduce the concept of discipline instead of inspiration, mm. which is insanely <laughs> hard to do cuz like discipline discipline means I'm going to make something regardless. Sure. And uh, yeah. inspiration <laughs> means I'm only going to make something good. Right. So And as perfectionists, <sighs> whenever we just produce to produce, we're not happy with it. But yeah. we need to be able to keep producing. I feel that. Like I, I work at the Arts Council and I'm helping everyone else. But I don't give myself time and space to create, you know, sometimes. So, I, I mean, the part of me that always asks to, to produce work, create work is like, what's going on, you know? But also, I'm scared to let myself produce art that isn't coming from something larger. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I think we're on the same page there that, you know, you want to be able to make a living in, in with your art. But at the same time... You want to know how I've rationalized it. And what do you want people to know you? Well, you know, you could create art, you know, anybody can draw something reproduced and sell it. But what are you going to be known for, you know? Yeah. And that's the thing that I don't oh, want to produce. Deep in, <laughs> I told you we were going to go deep. Oh, man, what do I want to be? <laughs> I know it's difficult. You don't, you know, they tell you, well, don't be a sellout. So it's, 
do you make a couple hundred bucks here and do something, you know, that everyone else is doing? Or are you going to wait until something pours out of you that is the you that you want? Yeah. See, like I try to chalk it up to this where it's like the production stuff, the commercial stuff, the deadline stuff. The, that's the kung fu stuff where it's like it's part of the 10,000 strokes. Sure. You know, and, and that 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 part of the process contributes to the skill. And then that skill I can take to express later. Mm. But like sometimes <laughs> when you're caught up in that, you don't ever get to that the second part that you're trying to build towards. Yeah. Where all you're doing is building skill and then you forget how to express. Right. And then, <laughs> then you can't sleep at night. <laughs> and then you're like me. And you're like, what am I doing? I know. I want to stay up till three in the morning when I'm really into a painting. But then I have to remember I have work in the morning. You know, it's like yeah. my professional <laughs> art and then the creative art i mean See, that that's that's tricky because like at, at least for me like i can have that clear divide where it's like all right this this thing that pays me is this 30 second ad that i'm about to produce for a brand that's like all right, we're selling a water bottle <laughs> whatever <laughs> we're selling a paper clip i know there's a clear objective right? sure so for me it's like all right compartmentalize this is this is this and then the art stuff See, I do this shit, branding paper clips and water bottles, take the skill I learned from that, that process, and then apply it to my art if I ever get time, which I never do. That's my <laughs> weird balance, same, but separation same, same thing. But I feel like for you, it's so similar because like, I was going to say, if I your day job is making <laughs> art and then like your release is making art, it's like, what do you, what do well, you do to turn off then? I, I don't, <laughs> I think, you know. <laughs> Sorry. Going back to being perfectionist, I think as I examine and psychoanalyze myself, I think that's where it comes from for me. I don't allow myself the downtime because I'm, I'm I fear failure. I know it's mm-hmm. I know it's true because I've, I've realized that and I'm a procrastinator. So I produce the most work when it's like the night before. See, the those two things <laughs> can can add up together to make you say the kind of things to yourself where it's like, I perform best under pressure. That, yeah, that, exactly. That might be me, my other, you know. And like, is that true or is that a circumstantial thing that you always put yourself in? I, 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 my I book. I published a book this year. And that was three years in the making, but I didn't want to put it out because... By not putting it out, is then no one could criticize I, it. You know what I mean? I, I, that's how I got to, to. Uh, that's how I first heard of you. You were you reading from your book, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, dude. That's been my goal this year, is to attend and to see as much live art as possible, and to showcase it from here as well. Dude, it makes a whole world of difference. Like, I mean, there's we're always looking for places to to do this kind of thing. And it's growing. You know, you have Minneapolis where Button Poetry, for example, takes place. And I mean, that's huge. Dude, I want to talk to City, you about holding like, like poetry slams and things. Because, like, dude, we have everything we need to make it AV, record it, put it on. Like, you know, like blast it out. Yeah, and that's another thing. You know, for me, I've been wanting... I don't know much about recording or anything, and I've been thinking about it. You know, just having videos available oh, for you know a guy. You know to a guy to sh- you know to to read my poetry and have it in a professional setting. You know, not just my phone camera recording in there. So I think you know a lot of us feel that way. Just having a place to, to see that that's my approach with this. Documented. Place. It's like I know I'm probably never gonna actually be a good artist, <laughs> but if I can like invest in a platform or a stage or a, like. Uh, an avenue for for real artists to like showcase their work. I wouldn't say you're not an artist. I mean, 
you have to have an eye. You're not going to just pick some random person off the street and say, okay, come, you know what I mean? Like you have done that before. Well, you said you had to start somewhere. (laughs) Dude. Okay. So here's, here's the, here's the moment where I was like, oh my God, I may be onto something like, oh my God. Like first time I felt like proudest of what we're doing here was, uh, we had a performer, Arlinda Peacock. Yeah. She's one of my favorite like musicians from around time. One of my favorite personalities, like as a human, uh, I just love her attitude. Uh, everything about Arlinda, I just love Arlinda. Um, but we had a show here, and it was the first time we went live. So okay. like, we hooked up everything. We did like multiple cameras. We had like logos, and we had the audio mixed out. I did. I did watch that. Yeah, dude. It was for the first time because I'm very tuned into the concert uh, scene around here, and I was like, "Holy crap!" We literally just put on a concert, and it had 600 views while I was playing. I was like, you know how hard it is for venues to sell 600 tickets? Right. Like to get, so I was like, what if we just keep doing these free concerts and they're all online like this? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, no, I did that. That's so awesome. I was like, hey, maybe, yeah, I don't make any money. Yeah, I'm not a very good artist, <laughs> but like just that that feeling of like knowing like we have, we're on to something here where we can showcase what I think is cool. Sure. You're def- at least like, yeah, you're giving them an, a place cool. to do it, you know, giving them a platform. I think that's awesome. And I mean, you don't want to get deep with me because then I'm going to go into, well, what makes an artist and what is art? But oh, I mean, I think, like you said, I, I once picked somebody off the street. Like, I think that if you sit someone down and have a conversation, you know, where you're both authentic and be, being honest, you'll get something creative and something artistic. Yeah. And, and I think that's beautiful. I mean, that's just my the, own take the on most art. Art full cast <laughs> might be the one I did with Adam Carpenter. Uh, if you don't know Adam, he's kind of like I don't dog. think I've met him in person, but he's I like know shirtless who he... <laughs> all the time, like tatted up. Sometimes I'll be wearing like a fur coat in the summer. <laughs> Just eclectic guy. Oh man, that's like that was a great podcast, and that was the most random guy off the street podcast <laughs> I've done, considering I've known Adam since elementary school. That's just how wild he is. It's like you can know him that long and still have no idea what to expect. So um, you've been here for three years. What's your favorite spot to eat at? In oh, gosh, years? don't ask me that. <laughs> See, the, the, I, I always put people on the spot because then, like, if they have a significant other, I can be like, just watch the podcast. Because <laughs> you know that, you know, you know, everyone knows that classic dilemma every time i'm hungry babe i'm hungry babe i'm hungry yep we never where you agree. Wanna eat. and it gets to the point where you're just clawing at each other because you choose no you pick i know i'm not going to i guess we're eating at home name three i don't like any of them that is uh so yeah where do you like to eat what where does angelica tyrant of the rugrats <laughs> like to eat at? oh man that's a tough one i love sanaz I mean, you can't go wrong there. And it's right by where I work, so I love visiting that place. Wait, I love, are you at 8th and Railroad? Well, across from the street, yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. So I go there quite often. I, Our and, office used to be at 8th and Railroad. Really? Yeah. Well, I love I love everybody there. I used to work at Rugged Relic with Steve Bormis and, oh, and Tobe. The Slim Bear? Skinny Bear? That's his nickname. <laughs> from, from a past <laughs> life, yeah. Yeah, if you ever call him that, he'll be like, I have not, and I'm going to now. <laughs> it's either Slim Bear or Skinny Bear. Come one of the two, both of them. He'll, he'll, he'll get it. They're great people. Yeah. 
but uh, I love now that's an artist <laughs> to me that's like yeah that guy's doing it he's got like he is he is he, even his conversations I mean yeah he has stories for days <laughs> you got you got the plug to get him on the podcast let's do it <laughs> I want to have him like weld something live he's a good one I mean he can make art out of anything there you go see Dang. You need his inspiration. Yeah, no. I, if he if he could make art out of me, like that's the that's the ultimate. He was actually before he really knew knew me. I used to be an intern at the pavilion, and I was working with him there. And he had his art show there. It was a really big, awesome show. And he he did tell me just don't be a sellout. Oh. <laughs> so I said, I'll I'll remember that. Oh, oh that's so. That's so hard though. It's so easy to just like take the first uh, sign of money. Yeah. And on that note, shout out to our sponsor today, <laughs> Milk and Cherry Apparel, ShaneArt.com. You know, it's okay to sell out when you're selling out to a fellow artist. That's right. <laughs> Shane Art, Milk and Cherry, buy some merch. Uh, he's got kids to feed. To. He doesn't have kids, but for this ad, he does. <laughs> I'm sorry. Back to the, <laughs> back to the back to the the podcast. So basically, this whole podcast has been. Uh, I wanted to get you on here, and then do therapy on why I don't think I'm an artist. <laughs> how's it going so far on your side? How's your how how are you feeling about it? I'm feeling great. I think I've I've met my purpose. I gotta I gotta tell you, you are. This, I can see it. It feels so great. <laughs> it feels so good. So, um, what's what's your What's your family dynamic like? Are you, you're the oldest, right? Mm-hmm. Mostly girls, boys? Three or? girls and three boys. Oh, like Brady Bunch? <laughs> Pretty much at this point. Like so, mom stop. So are you is there is are you leading the charge? Are there other uh, Mercados that want to dive into the art world because <laughs> of you, would you say? Or Yeah, uh, I, well so far some the other two youngest are too young to tell, but uh, my brother Aaron he goes to USD and he's, I think he's doing journalism, maybe might have switched to uh, theater. I'm not sure, <laughs> but he's a singer. He's been doing it his whole life. Um, he, he also plays the guitar, the piano, you know, he's very artistic. My mom actually uh, was the one that started it for us. I think she, she's a great, she draws well and uh, she sings very well too. So my brother took that from her. I can't sing. <laughs> I've tried. <laughs> not my thing. But uh, yeah, he he's all about the performing arts, really. So, dude, my mom can't sing, but if you ask Vince, she thinks she can. Like any Vietnamese wedding, Vietnamese like social gathering, <laughs> like if there's a live band, she'll take over and do like live karaoke <laughs> any chance she can get. Uh, so I feel like maybe dormant inside me is like this mediocre singer as well. Hey, well, I like to argue that. You don't necessarily have to produce to be an artist, you know? You don't have to keep producing just to produce either. Like, the artist is always an artist, I think. And I have to, I always use quotes, but I can't remember the exact wording, but Pablo Picasso did say everyone's an artist. The problem is staying an artist when you grow up. So, y'all, think about it, though. When you're, this is deep, too, but when you're a kid, you know, you you express yourself however you want, and no one says that's wrong, or the color that you use there is not, you know, the right color, or... Dude, if I did the stuff I did as a kid now, (laughs) like, if I was outside fighting these bushes with a wooden katana... People would think I'm crazy. I'm alone. Well, no, as not art. as a kid, though. Not as a kid. They think you're crazy now. <laughs> See, that's yeah, well, a, the problem. <laughs> <laughs> that's the problem. Dude, it's, 
as kids, we don't let ourselves think that what we're doing is wrong. We just it's let ourselves. Weird that when do I was it. a kid, the only way I like to express myself was like really violently. Because <laughs> like I try to think back of like all my childhood memories, and I'm like, all right, I used to like rip off heads off Danny. Like, <laughs> uh, like I would just take sticks and hit other sticks. That was like my favorite thing. Are you sure you don't still do that? Done, done, done. I think that's on purpose. No, but like, yeah. Or like, one of my favorite things to do was throw a ball at a wall for hours. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, the more I think about my childhood, the more I might be insane. <laughs> I'm not quite sure. Hey, well, that you could be an insane artist and then no one would bat an eye. Ooh. See? So, um, how do you feel about like, um, me and Vince had this talk. We're talking about the guy who took like, Instagram photos and I just printed them out really big and like wrote a comment on them and sold for like insane amounts of money right in New York uh-huh and I I chalked it up to be like that's just absurdist art that's where like you're sure. pointing out a flaw in a system <laughs> right it, yeah do, do you think that has merit absurdist art where it's almost like making a political statement about something not political yeah but more societal I, I mean I, I kind of do that a little bit with my art so I think See, that's the thing. When I quit political science, I said, well, I'm still going to be political in my art. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I guess I I can defend that a little bit. I think that art has a unique platform, I I, I like to say, because to get a point across, for example, you're in a protest, right? You have your sign up. But I mean, you're really the only people that are really going to listen are the ones with you, I think. You know, the ones that don't care, just look away. But I think... And it's because they like to call it political. Well, that's too political. Let's not get into the political, you know. But I think when you create art, it, it's different because it begs to be seen, you know. And it it has platforms that are not just, you know, on the sidewalk where you're holding your pitchfork, you know. <laughs> like, yeah. I think it, it, it gives it, I don't want to say more value, but it gives it a different kind of value. And I think that, so when you pair those things together, I think because of those platforms, you're able to see it differently, right? And then the artist can give an artist talk or talk about the reason behind it. Like let's, like Bansky, for example, you know, I hate to use, it's very cliche, but his, his murals and, and paintings are political. They really are, but they're, they have a message, right? And, you know, when writing, you have satire. So I think that you get the point. You get the I, like, like the onion, for example. You I'm know, so like, people love the onion. <laughs> lost, like on this, like that's I, a whole different. At, thing. at the risk of sounding like a very old person, sometimes when I'm I'm just because I'm a I I ooze satire and like t- tone matters, context matters when talking to me. Otherwise, <laughs> I can come off as really obtuse. But. <laughs> I feel like the more young people I talk to, they just don't get satire and they don't get like uh, sarcasm. Like I feel like those tools of communication are being lost. Uh, But memes are like, I feel like memes (laughs) are the the one redeeming thing in memes is it memes have been a way to break through like that miscommunication of digital communication because like most. Like digital communication up until means was just words, emails, text, uh, and that can be misconstrued. But yeah. like with memes, it just adds <laughs> an element of like we both are in on it. Yeah, you know what I mean. So like 
I don't know. I'm like, this generation communicates with memes, but like when you try to like use the tools behind how why memes are effective, like sarcasm and satire, it doesn't come off the same uh, because it's direct communication. And yeah. I don't know. It's weird. I, There's a whole... I sit in my room and I think <laughs> about why no one understands me all the time. I Communication is changing. I really think so. I think, well, I've been, I've been reading so many articles of, you know, younger generations even that are just excellent. You know, they have great skills, but when they have to convey them or, you know, convey what they do or show their ideas, they can't, they don't know how to talk because everything is on the phone. And I mean, I'm a, I'm guilty of doing that too much too, but I feel like you can talk. I mean, you know, like I think that at our age still, you know, interviews, things like that, they're pretty okay, but but apparently kids now just don't know how to talk to people or face-to-face, you know, communication anymore. I don't know. I mean, not that everybody is like that. But yeah, but I could, I could see in, why. In general wave of, like, trends, I've, I don't know if it's more apparent or if it's, or we're just more aware, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. That, these are the things I think about all. I know. Is it, you know, the whole media thing, too? Has it always been happening or is it? Just now that we part of the conspiracy (laughs) to make younger generations seem dumb because we don't want to relinquish power. We'll get on that topic. That's a different topic. (laughs) Yeah, we should. This episode brought to you by rabbit holes. (laughs) There's a lot of them we could go down. I know. Which one are we doing today, (laughs) dude? Um. So yeah, do you? How often do you travel? Would you say? Travel, what What do you mean travel? What is like, travel to you? <laughs> travel to me is when I go somewhere completely un, like, completely new. Down the rabbit hole or like a different state? <laughs> Kidding. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'm here and there. I Nothing out of the country. Uh, you know, the first couple days, but then after that, I miss home. Dude, it's just... I, okay, I'm so glad you said that because like... <sighs> I've been trying to break down the, <laughs> the, because that's what this whole show is about. It's like breaking down conceived notions and like what people think is like the, the, the wall. And to me, I hate traveling. Like <laughs> I hate traveling double when it comes to work because like you're working and then you have no like rest because you're not in your comfort zone. And like, Dude, I'm okay. Maybe it's just me. It might be just me. I'm such a troll, like hermit. Uh, one of the things that live under bridges, trolls, right? Trolls. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I like. I've set up my safety and comfort zones. Like it's this office. It's my loft. Uh, that's about it. And like when I'm not there, I just don't feel like myself, and I can't rest. And so like when I'm traveling. And, like, I love Vince. He puts us in really nice spots. I love you, Vince. Thanks for producing this episode. Uh, but, and Vince is so accommodating. He'll, like, make sure we get all the right food. Like, my rider is always on point. Green M&M's only. Like, stuff like that. Everything's yeah. always on point. Like You I just still can't feel good. 432 thread count. Like, <laughs> uh, Lennon blend for my sheets. All that stuff, right? No dyes. In the detergent, right, Vince? No dyes, no perfumes, <laughs> all that stuff. I'm still not comfortable. I, like, <laughs> I feel like probably the worst, uh, uh, gosh, content person. Because, like, you go to any YouTube channel, like, anything similar to what I'm trying to do, it's all about traveling. It's like, yeah, travel. Yeah. It's always about traveling. And I'm just like, man, like, 
like when we're doing travel stuff, I have like, and I'm shooting my face. I have to like contort it physically to like a smile. <laughs> no, I shouldn't complain too much. I, I I feel so fortunate, dude. Like, it's so crazy to me when I stop for a second and I breathe and I think about like what I'm what like what me and like other people in the city in this position like what we actually get to do it blows my mind dude like last generation my family was like getting their legs or stuff cut off in mills <laughs> in vietnam right. you know what i mean like that's one generation away i like, know like i one generation like i was born in vietnam you know what i mean like i, I i'm you got still to see so yeah. much attached to that and like I love the, traveling, but I feel guilty sometimes because oh, my family can't either. You know, yeah. they're just. I feel I feel guilty. That's probably the the probably the biggest thing because I know like my mom loves to travel. Yeah. And stuff like that, and like she, I mean, she's just she's been able to travel, but like I feel like most of her life has been fighting poverty. Yeah, exactly. And, <laughs> exactly. and then now I'm just like complaining about it you know, I know. Like, like she's giving me the opportunity to complain about traveling like i know my dad has been to mexico in 19 years and that's his oh. only dream to be able to return and so anytime i travel somewhere it's like oh yo I, let's get him can't. back he's let's never go. left you know those nebraska really after staying there for over 20 years but uh that's probably why i subconsciously haven't been back to mexico i want to but i feel like Going without him is kind of... Well, we're there right me. now. It's Cancun. <laughs> Back here, baby. <laughs> like, yeah. See, we should have brought him with. <laughs> Yo, if I brought a show, he'd be like, wow. Just like I remember <laughs> as a kid. Probably not, dude. I, I can't imagine the changes Mexico's gone through in 19 years. Because, like, yeah, I go to Vietnam. I used to go every, like, two years. And then, I, then it, it got to, like, every four years for a while. And just, like, the last couple of times, dude, the change is insane. Like... It's been insane lately. Like, like one time I go to Vietnam, there's like no toilets, there's no electricity, <laughs> like there's no internet. Like four years later, everyone has a cell phone. Like it looks like Tokyo. Like, dude, it blows my mind how yeah, things can crazy. change. Like when you're not paying attention. I know. It's funny because he always tells me, "We should go to Mexico. It's easy live. It's easy living. It's peaceful." Like he always talks about how peaceful going in the field. You know, like he has this notion that like. It's going to be the same way of, as when he left. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, Dad, I think you're going to be disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, it, it's, but I, yeah, I, I travel, but I think, you know, to, to, you want to see new places, but at the same time I get, I get homesick, but it also, I like to travel in the way that it, it connects me back to home, if that makes sense. Like I then remind myself, wait, maybe home isn't as crappy as I thought it was. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh, Especially the Midwestern hospitality type of thing. Like, you go to New York City and no one looks at you. Like, people push you over, like, get lie. out of the way. I, like, <laughs> I enjoy that. I enjoy that big city and anonymity. <laughs> Don't even ask me. How do you say that word? I can't say it either. And anonymity. Way too many M's and N's for. You like being anonymous. There you go. being anonymous. Thank you, Vince. No, it was weird. The first time I was in New York, I was like, this is strange. This is crazy. Like, <laughs> I could poop right here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yo, when we were in San Fran, we saw someone poop in the streets, oh. Vince. Wow, great segue. Cue that B-roll, that lady pooping. Anyways, so you you miss the Midwest nice thing? When I'm, like, in places like that, I think 
it's just people aren't nice. Yeah, no, people... <laughs> but they're, you know, they, it's always it's just so busy. East Coast, I get that vibe a lot. It's like... But when we were in San Fran, it could have been because it was pride. Uh, I think the environment is way more welcome. Everyone, and, night, yeah. yeah. Everyone's just celebrating. But it, it didn't get that vibe in San Fran. Just, I got... It was cool in San Fran. It was like, no one was like bothering you, but like uh-huh. everyone had like a good, like they had a, like good expressions on their face. Like, I don't sure. know. But like when you're in Boston or the East Coast, <laughs> everyone just looks just like. Trying to run you over yeah. if you don't cross when you're supposed to cross. Or like just their dog or something. You know, like, just like yeah. just angry people. I know. I was told that I wouldn't make it. Actually, when I was in New York, I went to visit a grad, grad school. Yeah my top choice at the time and I was told that I wasn't going to make it because I was from the Midwest like just straight up like oh how he said how are you even cultured <laughs> I was like oh okay, my damn. gosh damn <laughs> and you don't even look like legally blonde you know what I mean like, <laughs> I would get it if you were like blonde hair blue eyes and say yeah I'm from Iowa <laughs> <laughs> I told him you know well the same way you get cultured but he yeah he was just so like just thrown back like I can't believe you're from South Dakota he goes well I've never been to the Midwest but I can't imagine what it's like for you See, that's when you oh flip it God. on like, I guess that makes me more traveled and right exactly he goes well he's just you know you could tell that he in New York City he's a big deal so oh, God, let's just I just let's just say that I didn't apply I was like never mind I'm not doing this here oh, but then I think back I'm like I wonder if he did that to see if I had some tough skin you know but yeah, no, that's always, that always, uh, I always think about that. It's like the, the, those kind of instructors and teachers. I'm like, how many really good mentors and stuff have I just ran away from and cried <laughs> in a corner from? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> they try to break mo- you down. How I many know. moments of growth did I pass? <laughs> you know, did I like just, <laughs> like, did I just quit on? Like, I know. Sometimes same. I feel like I'm a hab- habitual quitter, but I'm like, <laughs> quit that many things except for every single job (laughs) sorry (laughs) I know I tried there was one professor who just was on my case at all times and she just really like if you if I didn't show up to like two classes she like kicked me out of the class like you don't belong here basically you need to get it together but then I think back I'm like I think I needed that you know (laughs) like maybe if she wouldn't have done that I would have I wouldn't have gone at all (laughs) but is that kind of like Stockholm syndrome where we're like our abuser didn't abuse us. That's <laughs> what that know. is, right? I know. That's what that is. <laughs> no, they were doing it for the, because they loved us. I know. I like my to mom, think that she was my teaching me. My ass <laughs> for me. You know, like. uh, my fiance is like, no, I think she was just an asshole. I'm like, no, but I think she was trying to do something with me there. Is you know? your fiance in the art world? No. I always think of, always think of these dynamics because my girlfriend is like a genius, but... She works in IT, so she's very, like, analytical, data-driven, and, like, she's a numbers-type person. And, like, this is why, like, picking a place to eat is so hard because I'm emotional. I feel like eating chicken. We feel everything so deeply. I feel like eating chicken, and she's like, well, we've had chicken six out of (laughs) ten meals the last month, so maybe, according to the numbers, we should go eat uh, a salad. No, she's not uh, artistic, Sorry. <laughs> she, you know, when I used to think of like the ideal partner, I always thought like they're going to be an artist and they're going to read books and, and it's like we're completely opposite, but it yeah. just works. Like she doesn't do anything in the arts, but she's always there to support me. And I think it, in a way that's kind of kind of cool. Well, it is really cool. 
but um, it just balances out, I think. And she enjoys it. She just doesn't create it herself. Yeah, but. no. Uh, Nicole's like on that level too, where she like understands it and she appreciates it, but she's like the processes and where she finds joy. Yeah, either. I think that's she, what it is too. I, she loves being a supporter though. Like she loves like she's always finding artists online and stuff and she'll buy their prints and stuff. And like, to me, that's so, uh, it fills me with so much joy. Cause like it, I know there's so many people like her where like, even though like their, their gain isn't from making it, but from like, I don't want to say the word consume cause that has such a native kind of, thing, <laughs> but like, just, yeah, just like, taking it in. Their joy comes from what what we make type stuff. And, yeah. like, <laughs> man, that makes me feel so good because it gives me a lot of hope because, like, you know, she works her butt off and it's, like, her extra spending money instead of, like, supporting, like, whatever she's buying, like, something that directly, like, supports an artist. You yeah. know, like, when you buy a shirt from Milk and Cherry <laughs> at ShaneArt.com, did you know most T-shirt brands, when you buy them, the original artist gets pennies pennies on the dollar maybe fragments of pennies not when you buy from milk and cherry that's right every single dollar you spend it's gonna be a lot of them go straight to shane that's right shane i see you're a racket but i'm still gonna plug you boom shaneart.com hey angelica have you seen the mural at pave or the mural across the street from the post office what is it of uh, at Pave, it's more like abstract, and then the one across from the post office is like a face of a lady. Oh, that—that's Shane Art, baby. That's Shane Schroeder. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's all you had so, to say. So <laughs> I know what you, Shane you were talking about. If yes. you were, uh, if you're like me, because I I asked him, I was like, how much for this mural? And he's like, fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'll I'll get a shirt. A fifty dollars shirt's a lot more reasonable. <laughs> so yeah, visit the sponsor, ShaneArt.com. Okay, I'm done plugging this <laughs> episode. Okay, I feel like we've gotten, uh, we've had a great conversation, Angelica. I still know barely anything about you. <laughs> if someone was tuning in and there's like, shout out to the three people that listen to this podcast, uh, and they made it to this point, what's the one thing, what's the impression you want to leave behind? Like, what is like the, this is me, this is what I represent? <laughs> What is Angelica? Wow. Wow, what is Angelica? <laughs> See, that's deep again. No, I can't. I don't know how to answer that. Um, I, what I do don't you think... Want your legacy to be? How about that? That's even what, easier what did you say? question. <laughs> what do you want your legacy to be? <laughs> <laughs> My legacy. Well, I, I mean, I don't consider myself any different than anyone else. Like, yes, I give myself the title of an artist, but I, I really do believe that everyone is. And I think that we just have to find that in us. Um, so... Even if you don't want to call yourself an artist, I still would encourage people to continue expressing themselves. You know, it doesn't have to be a piece you sell for $50,000. It can be on your refrigerator. I mean, it doesn't have to be anything. I mean, who is to say what is art really, though? You know, um, I think that as, as, as long as we can continue to express ourselves creatively and use that outlet, I think that our job is done. Um, whether you want to take it further, that's up to you. But I think art especially nowadays, art really does bring us together. And I think we need more of it. And I think if, I mean, not as a legacy, but if something that I keep, can keep pushing is that, that we can find creative expression and community through the arts. And, you know, working at the Arts Council, I have to keep talking about that. But um, I found that 
that's where I find the most joy also. And I've seen the joy it brings others and you don't have to create work to experience it really, you know? And so I encourage people to visit art museums, you know, support their local artists, uh, whatever kind of creative outlet you have. Um, I think that art, I, I, art, I, I read a book sometime, sometime in college and it talked about how art, you know, there's a reason art is it precedes us? No, not precedes. What's the word? <laughs> Basically, like, uh, like when we die off, art remains, right? Oh, I can't think yeah, of the yeah. word. To see. Is yeah. that right? Yeah. Vince is uh, still <laughs> Thanks, Vince. <laughs> and it's true. You know, you think of so many civilizations and art is always present. And I think that we we have to continue that. Whether we're artists or art enthusiasts, we also, we always have to keep pushing for that and, and, and uh, supporting it. And I do it through writing and through through producing artwork, but uh, others can do it, you know, listening to the music or visiting museums, like I said, uh, watching this podcast. <laughs> um, so so that's that's what I want people to get out of it. You know, that you don't have to be a Pablo Picasso to be an artist and you don't have to be well known to to consider yourself one either. Yeah. And if just to piggyback off that, if you're someone like me who's always wanted to be an artist, just try it. Try to do something. Make something, because um, I think the biggest impact about art, the thing that we don't think about most is, like, whether you're doing it, enjoying it, buying it, consuming it, whatever, it makes you feel more human. Mm-hmm. It makes you feel more in touch with, like, that unedited, raw side of what it means to be a person, you know? So if if you have anxiety, you got all that stuff, if you got a lot of weight on your shoulders, try a little bit of expressing yourself. <laughs> Angelica, thank you so much. How can people find you? How What's can people find me? Uh, personally, um, on my website, www.angelicamercado.com. Uh, Facebook. It's not a grocery store. <laughs> it's not a grocery store. I mean, you can buy my book if you want to, but... <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's otherwise I'm operations manager at the Sioux Falls Arts Council. So if you have any awesome ideas, collaborations, things, anything arts related, and you want to know where to begin, you can always come visit me too. Yeah, I'm going to have to hit you up. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Angelica. Um, yeah. Thanks for having me. This was awesome. I appreciate it. Awesome. All right, bitch, hit that same button. Wrap it up. <laughs>